Welcome back to the Seriously Stem Cells podcast, where we discuss everything stem cells. I am Pim. And I'm Ayo. On today's episode, we are going to continue our exploration into the world of stem cells. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to clarify two terms that will be used in the episode for the audiences. First is chimera antigen receptor or CAR. CAR refers to a receptor that is designed to connect with certain proteins that only appears on the cancer cells that they want to find. This means that once CAR is added to immune cells called T cells, it can help the immune cells to find and kill specific type of cancer. And it is an innovative technology that can improve treatments of cancer cells through better targeting. The second term is macrophages, or white blood cells that surround and kill microorganisms, remove dead cells, and stimulate the actions of other immune system cells within the body. Now, let's hear from Ayo of who we have for you today. In today's guest episode, we have Thea Collier Loyola, um, a biomedical science graduate from Bristol University, who is currently studying MSc stem cells and regenerative therapies from bench to market at King's College London. Alongside being a high achieving student who works in the hospitality industry and has experience working as a medical HR assistant at St George's University Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust, we're excited to hear more about her experiences and insights into her science studies in this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Thea. It's so lovely to have you here with Hi. us. Hi. <laughs> Thank hey. you so much for having me. <laughs> no, I'm super excited. Very yeah. exciting to be here as well. <laughs> well. I'm so glad you can make it. Um, I know that life as a master's student must be very busy. So um, <laughs> we're glad that you made the time for us <laughs> today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite hectic. That's good. We just really wanted to um, start off with you know, a question to do with how did you first become interested in stem cells? Because it's quite a niche sort of um, field, isn't it, in biomedical sciences? And we just, you know, wondered what made you wanted to do stem cells and only stem cells? <laughs> um, so, yeah, when I was doing biology at school, you sort of learned a little bit about them and they were kind of interesting, but you don't learn too much. So that wasn't that interesting for me and then I did biomedical sciences and did a module purely on regenerative medicine and during that we learned a lot about sort of stem cell therapies and that's when I sort of most became interested in it because I remember we learned about sort of curing sorts of diseases and the one that I particularly remember was age-related macular degeneration and that just sort of stuck with me and I remember that being the one thing I really remember learning about in third year and so when I thought I wanted to continue stem cells was sort of where I was headed. That's lovely I mean I kind of agree with you because I don't think a lot of um, stem cells get mentioned definitely early on during you know undergraduate degree or even in high school really Uh, Mm -hmm. I think I remember only have to like remember the definition of stem cells just Mm -hmm. to you know pass a question back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, really glad to hear that that's sort of something that stuck with you. Like it was something that made a really good impression on mm. you and definitely led you to this moment where you're doing mm. the master's degree with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy looking back 
all those years ago. <laughs> so, you know, in your third year where you started learning about stem cells, um, <laughs> what was it about stem cells that really caught your interest and made you like fall in love with them? And then is it the same thing now or has it changed? I think it was sort of just the huge amount of potential that there was. Like there's such a range of applications sort of in any area of medicine you can apply them and that was just because I never wanted to sort of be stuck down in one area like researching one tiny thing so the fact that it's one topic but such a wide array of applications really stuck with me and I think that is still what I find most interesting now like the ability to cure sort of the incurable diseases from spinal cord injury to diabetes is just really quite remarkable yeah that's that's a great answer I would say like that's the same sort of mentality I have as well like mm. just into the master's program because um once you sort of looked into what stem cells can actually do you realize this huge potential that it can pretty much like change the course of modern medicine mm -hmm. uh, by just, you know existing uh mm. obviously there's a lot more complexity to that <laughs> I'm sure you know by now being three quarters into the master's program and um yeah I, th I think I would agree with that what do you think Ayo? I think the exact same like it's uh stem cells are a game changer and I guess they they can increase the therapeutic options in ways that we just wouldn't have thought of before mm -hmm. um the fact that we could hope to get to a place where um someone who has spinal cord injury could regain function like mm -hmm. that's and like completely regain function and like nervous tissue that's crazy that's yeah. very exciting so yeah, yeah i agree yeah. and i think even if you look back sort of five ten years ago you even wouldn't know where we are now so it's sort of just such a exponential field i guess it's just always growing which i think is really interesting and especially doing the masters you get to learn from people who are actively researching in this area so like, you're learning the most up-to-date things like what happened two months ago or something i mean really cool. yeah I, I don't know if you know this about um you know professor dusko but he actually mm -hmm. features on like um uh this article recommend or something mm -hmm. yeah so he does like a feature for them which is what we spoke mm -hmm him about last last time as well just you know, always updating on what's the latest new in the industry because you know it's not enough just doing the research obviously you gotta be well-rounded as well just a lot of work but mm -hmm. it's good um yeah. obviously someone in that field has to be very passionate which i'm sure you are as well you know just studying it is definitely not a easy feat <laughs> yeah. yeah it's quite hard <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's uh it's not something that a lot of people get the opportunity to do. And I think mm -hmm. it's something that I mean Ayo and I definitely agree is worth talking about, which is why we've been talking about it for, you know, a couple of months now. <laughs> <laughs> to other people. So yeah. So we've we wanted to ask you some questions about stem cells in context. Yes. Um so wanted to start that's, <laughs> that's that's the best segue you're gonna get. <laughs> but we wanted to ask you a few questions about your master's program that we we sort of touched on a bit um so i just wanted to ask you how do you find life as a master's student in stem cells and how's that different from your biomedical undergraduate degree and that experience mm -hmm. 
I'd say it's harder. <laughs> it's definitely harder. Um, and it's not even necessarily the content because the content is hard. But I think the biggest sort of jump for me was the learning curve because we in sort of in your undergrad, you constantly build upon your previous knowledge. Whereas this, especially as it's sort of a, a bit, bit of a business degree as well. So some of our assignments were just write this off you go and that I've never really done before. So it was a lot of independent learning that I didn't have as much in undergrad, but I managed, I think. That independent learning that I feel like you really get to know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also actually wanted to pick up on the business aspect of your master's as well. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you choose master's that had that component to it? So I'd always wanted to do a master's and then obviously stem cells was something that interested me a lot. But I knew I didn't sort of want to go into a career in academics. I was more interested in a sort of business corporate career and I wanted to find something to sort of bridge that gap, which this master's does pretty perfectly. So it's basically half stem cells and immunotherapies and things like that. And then half is sort of the process of drug development, commercialization and regulatory aspects. And that is the harder part for me because I barely knew what a shareholder was. <laughs> and now I'm writing my dissertation on basically that. So, yeah. I completely understand what you're going through. <laughs> Just because, uh, yeah, I, I have been through that myself. And I would say coming from also very similar science background, I also found it quite difficult to grasp all the technical terms as well as the um, larger context of what each sort of these terms mean um, in the business setting, which is not something a science student would be, you know, used to. (laughs) We had one assignment that was talking about sort of, this is what I mean by the steep learning curve. Before we'd learned about the commercial aspect, it was discussed whether this is a success or a failure from the viewpoint of shareholders. So I had to go and do research about what an investor views as a success versus what a researcher views as a success. And sort of the ability to just go and do that research by myself is building quite an important skill rather than me just being told it in a lecture and then regurgitating it in an essay, which I think a master's degree does quite well. I think that speaks a lot to how much um, like critical you have to be about the materials you absorbed during the master's program and Mm -hmm. also sort of um, coming to terms with all the things that you're not familiar with I guess you have to learn a lot of new things as well or even skills that like helps you to cope with that and you do mention Mm -hmm. that independent learning is a really big thing that you had to do would you say that's one of the most useful skills that you have gained from this program or would it be other Mm -hmm. things as well I'd say it's definitely independent learning, but probably the other biggest one is sort of being able to take in a lot of information and then filter through that to actually find what you need. Because a lot of it is reading through massive research papers, pages, pages long, or even like annual reports, just to find sort of that one piece of information. And I think that's definitely something I've improved at now. I see, that's really interesting to hear. I would say that's probably one of the hardest things just because, you know, there's quite a lot of materials out there. Being Mm -hmm. able to distill all of that and find the key information and relay that to, you know, your professors and your colleagues 
or your friends that's quite <laughs> difficult <laughs> totally yeah i feel like understanding the science and being able to communicate it are two very mm-hmm. different skills yeah. um and being able to communicate science well to to mm-hmm. whether that's investors or the general public i think that's an invaluable skill as well yeah, yeah i quite enjoy the sort of communicating of what I find interesting because like I tried to explain my dissertation topic to my flatmate who is a politics historian side and obviously a lot of the words she's ever heard of so having to explain it to someone who knows literally nothing no offense um is something I find quite interesting because obviously I love it and I like telling people about it so that's quite enjoyable for me as well that's that's really great to hear. I'm sure any, you know, um companies out there listening to this podcast will be like, ding ding ding, that's what we <laughs> good communication skills. <laughs> um yeah, I, I would say that's much more valuable um than you would realize at this moment because I think a lot of people um sometimes once you're in the industry, you realize there's quite a bridge between translating all the scientific information into a more layman's term just more simple for people to understand mm-hmm. and sometimes um not a lot of people achieve that and mm-hmm. it's like you're progressing you're working towards that goal so you know that's um that's that's a lot that means that means a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing uh i would say you know speaking of your dissertation um that's that's very important and i think that's very interesting topic at least what I find very interesting um, when I did my master's and the topic or, or who chooses what topic has always been uh, kind of like a thing to converse about. So I would just like to ask what, you know, what topic of dissertation are you looking at doing? And, you know, if there's any biomet technology or inventions you're looking in to put mm-hmm. into your dissertation, because I know that's, that's one of the things you might have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sort of throughout this degree, or we were told to sort of remember what interests you the most so that you can do research about it and pick what you want to do for your dissertation. And throughout it, I've always been drawn to chimeric antigen receptors and their usage. And then I decided on using um, CAR macrophages, which is actually something I'd never heard of before until um, by chance, one of my course mates picked the same topic as me for our dissertation and just go recommended that I look at car M's, car macrophages. And I'm grateful he did because they're actually so interesting. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. And I think I'm gonna really look forward to writing my dissertation properly. That's amazing. Well, what do you think about that, are your macrophages? <laughs> interesting. So how are you actually carrying out your research? Like is it a library-based project or you're actually in the lab or what does that actually look like for you? So our dissertation is basically a business plan for an innovative cell therapy. So we sort of have to think of a therapy on our own so we can sort of pick a disease we're really interested in, a cell type really interested in. So for me, I picked car macrophages because that's just something I find interesting. And then you can sort of pick the indication you want to use it in. And I picked renal cell carcinoma because I wanted to do a solid tumour, solid cancer, and that's just sort of one of the first ones that fit the criteria for me. Mm. So we have to sort of go through all the way from bench to market 
really. Um, the title of the masters. Yeah, it does what it says in the tin, really. <laughs> um, so we have to do it. We have to think about the preclinical trials, clinical trials, business models, how we raise money, all of that. And I haven't really started most of that yet, to be honest with you. So I'm sort of at the brainstorming end of things, yeah. thinking about how I want to approach it. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a lot of work, but it does sound amazing, like really um, interesting. And like you're getting a really comprehensive idea of what it's like like yeah. in the industry as opposed to... So I think some of the criticisms people have about masters or academics in general is it's quite... You're just in the books and it's not real experience. But that sounds like you're they're really preparing you for actual industry, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah, it does feel like that. It feels like it's very applicable to whatever I choose to do in the future because it's obviously real world mm. applications. Yeah, I think that's very, very interesting um, topic. First of all, good job for picking car. <laughs> I would say that's one of the most exciting um, novel therapies out there for mm -hmm. oncology. And uh, yeah, for picking macrophages as well. I would say um, sometimes it happens. Um, that's my experience as well when I had to pick my dissertation topic and then I ended up picking the same um, disease and technology as one of my friends. And we decided <laughs> not to do the same one, which is, you know, <laughs> obviously um, that has to happen at some point. But uh, but yeah, I think it's very, it's a great time right now to just um, simmer down and just focus on the brainstorming aspects of things because I find that is always the most difficult part to mm. work out what type of technology you're using and by that I mean novel technology right and sometimes novel just means new basically it hasn't been created before but now a question pops in your head well how could I create something from nothing you know <laughs> if I how am I going to create this thing that is new and no one's known about it before but you know I'm mm. not in the research I'm not in the lab how am I supposed to put together a technology like that? So mm. um, that's one of the challenges of this system, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> the main one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it was very daunting to be told, go think of a new therapy, just do it. As obviously a master's student who's not even in the lab, it was sort of, how on earth am I supposed to do this? How on earth am I supposed to pick something new when there are all these people out there researching it? But it is, once you find something that interests you, it is quite easy to sort of think of new applications and sort of put what worked for something A, what worked for B together for your own sort of product. And then like looking forward, so for when you finish your master's and sort of what you'd want to focus in in your career, mm -hmm. um, what are some of the unmet needs in the cell and gene therapy industry that you think oh, I might want to fill or that's really interesting to me? Yeah, so one of the sort of biggest issues and things that I found quite interesting is sort of the manufacturing bottleneck that comes with the autologous therapies. So obviously the use of personalised medicine is great and groundbreaking, but it does come with its issues because if you are purely taking things, so autologous sort of from you back to you, um, so you're using your own cells in the therapy and doing that is such a time consuming and expensive process that's just not feasible to be widespread. So 
we had a talk from someone who worked at a consulting company who said that the biggest issue facing the pharmaceutical industry right now is sort of fixing that bottleneck because currently sort of so say the use of CAR T therapy that's only in blood cancers and that's not a pressing global issue whereas if these therapies become more available for more widespread issues it's not going to be possible to get them out or at a reasonable cost yeah that's, that's a very a really good big one <laughs> yeah, that's a good um thing to bring up though i would say one of the main challenges that people often overlook is the manufacturing aspect because it's so new you would assume well you know the high manufacturing complexity comes with a high cost as well so that's another thing that sort of um like a domino effect right if you don't fix it from the the beginning that it could become a problem later on um funny i actually read something on um the fda sort of put out this new guidelines for decentralized uh, decentralized clinical trials which i think may or may not help with this manufacturing aspect or you know just for the clinical trial um how researchers can basically be able to conduct in like a more efficient way maybe save some time but you know who's to say what's going to happen next but it's good to see efforts are being made by the regulatory bodies as well because i think they're also kind of like the gatekeeper of this whole industry <laughs> you know it kind of the buck stops with them like if if they don't allow things to go on in terms of regulations wise then it, it'll be quite tough for manufacturers to um make things more efficient not to say that they can't but you know it's just be more difficult i would mm. say i think it also raises the idea of how um producing something that works it's about producing something that um can get to your patient right mm. and also it brings up the idea of um how life sciences um interact with the economy and with the society um so it's not just a treatment it it deals with every aspect of society as well so yeah it's a really big issue actually yeah because of course it's all well and good if a uh, life-saving cure is found but if it costs five hundred thousand dollars millions of dollars there's not much use because it's not really applicable to those who actually need it yeah so then and all you're doing is widening that um socioeconomic gap um, mm -hmm. because people who really need it can't get it so it might as well not exist for them because mm -hmm. it's not accessible to them i would say yeah that's a great point and also if you've been studying with dasko you probably have heard how he <laughs> loves to talk about allogeneic cells as well mm -hmm. yeah like a, <laughs> sort of um light at the end of the tunnel for mm -hmm. a lot of the you know cell and gene <laughs> treatments to be um manufactured easier than autologous that you've mentioned and mm -hmm. also cheaper so that's mm -hmm. all it's good to hear from him and i'm sure you share the same sentiment that there are people thinking about these problems and they're trying to come up with a solution it's only moving the needle forward um in the right direction in this industry but but obviously there is also the bigger concerning issue like what ayo said as well with how it impacts the society and the gap between who can have access and afford these type of treatments around the world um it could differ and it could you know be for better or for worse as as anything does like any other technology <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. You recently had an assignment actually about the use of universal donor cells. Mm. So sort of would be used in allogeneic therapies, allowing off the shelf treatment possible. And if that becomes sort of more common and widespread and all these therapies start using that, that's a massive step forward in increasing the availability. So that was a really interesting thing to learn about as well. That is amazing to hear. I think that those technologies exist and that they're being sort of advocated for. Um, and I'm sure like studying it must make you feel quite, you know, happy to know that, oh, there's like, there's a good solution. <laughs> there's a future. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Kayo? <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you, so you talked about sort of what you're interested in about stem cells, um, what you're doing at the moment and what it's like to be doing a master's. Um, so I'm going to do a master's in September. So for people like me who are going to go into a master's or who are thinking about it, um, what would you say to them? Like, what would be your advice? I'd, I'd say do it, but make <laughs> sure it's something that you're genuinely interested in. Because right now this is enjoyable because it's something I find really interesting. But I know for a fact that if it was something that I was just, oh, it's cool, but I don't really care. I would have no motivation and you need a lot of motivation to do this because it's sort of I mean it's a whole year which is obviously different to undergrad and teaching ends quite early and then you're on your own with assignments and things so it's got to be something that you're genuinely passionate about and if it's something that you don't really care about it's a lot of time and money but if you enjoy it then 100% do it that's a also, good advice yeah, I also wanted to know, what was the main motivator for you when you chose to do a master's as well? It was a little bit, I don't know what I want to do with my future yet. Um, yep. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, a little bit was I'd always wanted to go to one of the London universities and because I thought they're such a great place to learn, such a world-renowned institution. Mm. That was something. And also, yeah, as I said earlier, it was sort of boost my career and bridge that gap and make myself sort of more applicable to those jobs that I want to apply for. All good reasons. Obviously. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I relate to all three of them, all three aspects. <laughs> I was thinking that as she was speaking, I was like, yep, that's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, but yeah, I think th those are very, very good reasons to like start and continue with the masters. Um, obviously it's very time consuming and you need a lot of dedication and determination, which I'm sure you do have, you know, <laughs> or else you wouldn't have gone to this point. Um, but yeah, I think from what was said, it's just I would say, would you say that it's been a pretty good experience so far? Cause I'm guessing you have a few more months to go before the end of the course. So what sort of like sort of positive thing you would take away from this master's program? And it doesn't have to be like a, you know a scientific thing or like a you know just to do with university or just like the general how did you find a life like doing this masters mm -hmm. how does it make you feel you know about anything yeah uh, it's definitely been a really good and enjoyable experience and like professors have all been really lovely and it's sort of comparing undergraduate to this masters you are able to sort of have a conversation with your professors that you couldn't really have before. Also, our course is tiny, it's 15 people. Mm. So you can so easily go off on a tangent for 20 minutes about something that you're interested in and the lecturers actually know who you are, which is good. <laughs> um, 
and I think that's definitely something and also the fact it's so small has just made it so much more enjoyable because we all get along quite well we're all able to sort of ask each other for help which makes it so much easier when you're studying such a complex topic because I can text any one of them and say hey I'm struggling with this what do you think like can you please help me that's a good point <laughs> I feel like group chats always save people it's mm-hmm. like with the assignments due next week oh great <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's definitely been a couple of messages like oh wait that's due tomorrow not next week but it's always been fine <laughs> that's good everyone's been responding that's what it is <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah i think i would say that's one of the most enjoyable aspects is like befriending people in the same field uh, especially in the very small master group of friends because mm-hmm. you're all like well it's very very niche guys like <laughs> who else is gonna understand us yeah it's it's great to hear that's mm-hmm. and then just a fun one um you know uh who would you um sort of like look up to dead or alive in the scientific community that like you can think of i have sort of <laughs> two answers for this in terms of one person who's always stuck with me the entire time I've been learning about biology has been Henrietta Lacks Mm. I've always I read the book about her like the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks oh yeah yeah which is a great book and ever since sort of whenever I think about someone in the scientific community she's someone who I automatically gravitate towards to because obviously um she was the unwitting source of the HeLa cell line which is so so important and used everywhere these days in research but the fact that obviously it came from no consent no choice and the family weren't even told it's such a sad origin story to something that's so important nowadays yeah a very tragic story I I've had a look at at that book a few years um before and then I find it very moving you Mm. know to see how much sacrifice goes into a certain things that we might not even know you know like um and it's made such a big impact on the science community so mm-hmm. that's a great that's a great person to look up to yeah who's yours are you do you have one I, i'll say mine if you say yours <laughs> but you know I just... <laughs> who's my scientific hero are you gonna have to give me a minute i think i'm undecided i think i'm undecided also I, to pick up on what thea said um there's a lot of the important discoveries or um, moves forward in uh, medical science have like some really horrible like backstories. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you just realise that um, sometimes what accompanies massive steps forward um, is with ethically or morally questionable decisions made mm-hmm. by scientists so yeah. I, I think it was like big like caution warning yeah. science to be like hey remember that you're a human <laughs> um but for my for my scientific hero I, I don't i don't think i've really narrowed that down yet to be honest i'm still forming mine i think like it's super difficult to pick one person so i totally understand mm-hmm. i would say like because i did some um so often internship at a hospital back home in Thailand and I would say most of the people um, especially the doctors I've met in the ER department they all have to do so so much work and a lot of it goes you know unnoticed 
you know, underappreciated for sure. And not to mention, you know, the money that they get to compensate for all the hard work or the sleepless nights. Uh, I would say it's not nearly enough. So I would say those people I would, yeah, would be somewhat sort of a scientific um, hero. <laughs> yeah, but but it is quite difficult to pick, you know, and uh, we're quite glad you picked you you picked one, pick a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Off my hat to you. Yeah. That was quite impressive. Shall we move on to the fun bits? You because... say the most important questions for last. Okay. <laughs> Call this section the get to know you section. So can't wait to start us off. What's your favourite dessert? This was actually probably the hardest question you've asked me. Oh my god. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would at the moment I'm gonna have to go with cheesecake. Mm. So with you. So mm. with you. Mm-hmm. That's just right now that's all that's calling out to me. <laughs> I feel like it's an underrated dessert. It's not I as agree. valued as it should be. Yeah. I agree. Well, I cheesecake though, if I could just ask, because that's a lot. A lot of options these days. You know, you go into Waitrose, you see raspberry, blueberries, whatever. <laughs> I choose one. Well, one thing about me is I'm awful at making decisions, so I'd probably just have a breakdown in the shop if I was facing too many. <laughs> so I'm gonna go for plain, just plain vanilla. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Don't mess with the original. Exactly. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> that's good (laughs) oh that's great i I love cheesecake but um for sure i think another thing that i think of that's quite you know relaxing which makes me think of the next question which is what's your favorite way to relax really your downtime what what's your go-to thing Um, (laughs) either just scrolling on tiktok which is probably not great, but that is my go-to. If I'm feeling a bit more, you know, healthy and mindful, I'd I'd read. But Mm -hmm. it depends on my mood. (laughs) Totally understandable. I was on that. I can see it on making faces. (laughs) You like that, don't you? (laughs) Partly because one of my next questions is, what's your favourite book? But also because I've I've recently been trying to read more as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently reading. Um, Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen, which has been nice. Um, yeah, since we're on the topic of books, <laughs> what is your favorite novel? That's a really hard one, but I would probably have to go with my favorite author is Jodie Pico. I recently learned how to pronounce her last name. Um, and so she wrote My Sister's Keeper and books yeah. like that. And so I'd say probably she had a book that really stuck with me called Small Great Things, which was about like a case in America about a black nurse and like a white supremacist and sort of a law case. And it was really brilliantly written, really enjoyable, really moving. You cry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I'm about to start reading her new book, Mad Honey. So looking forward to that. I see. That's that's great. I can see how you're jotting all this down. Yeah, so yeah. Recommendations. I feel like we only included these questions so I could get book recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> that's all this is. To be like, so what's what's good at the moment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would really recommend anything by Jodie Pico because she sort of does 
quite hard hitting topics. So there's one about um, a shooting at an abortion clinic, one about um, obviously my sister's keeper, about sort of bodily autonomy and organ donations. And they're so well written and they always involve some sort of law case, which I find quite interesting because it's done in a very entertaining way. Mm. So yeah, she's, I'd always recommend her books. Oh, perfect. That's lovely. I mean, <laughs> media in the summer, just going through all of them. <laughs> Ah, oh, I'm sure we'll be doing the same thing. That sounds really <laughs> interesting because you sometimes like those topics can be quite difficult if not well written, you know, mm. to read. So uh, that's that's a really good find. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Ayo if she could you know, <laughs> send me her notes as well. <laughs> Just because I'm writing it down. Uh, but yeah, that's great to know. Also, you know, because you're a student, I'm sure you're quite busy, but um. Do you prefer, well, being indoors or outdoors, really? I guess right now, because the weather is quite nice, um, mm -hmm. outdoors might be great, but generally speaking. Mm, well, yeah, I'd say it does depend on the weather. Probably, you know, indoors in winter, outdoors in summer. But if it had to be one, probably indoors, because mm. just sometimes, you know, it's too much going on outside all yeah. the all the like bugs and things and you can you know you can appreciate the outdoors through a nice window if i had to pick one mm. no i think i i totally agree with that <laughs> same i'm not gonna lie same <laughs> unless it's really really nice outside and you're out there for like a specific activity like you're going for a swim you're going mm. for like a bike ride or something but you know a good walk is is all in well but I'd rather be home watching some stuff on Netflix. <laughs> really? Oh. You know what's funny is that Pim and I were just having a conversation before this about introversion, me being extroverted. Mm. So I feel like there's strong introvert vibes going on here. Well, like, I think I'd rather stay in the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can text my friends. <laughs> exactly. FaceTime, that, that works. I can see you in person. <laughs> a bit too much hassle isn't it <laughs> sounds like we're just all in the same book club at this point exactly <laughs> inside just hi guys <laughs> oh. well so when you're indoors looking at the wonderful weather uh through your window what um nostalgic tv program would you be watching <laughs> this would have to be anything like late 2000s early 2010s disney you know, oh. like wizards of waverly place that oh. sort of thing going for the nostalgia definitely that's lovely because i keep on seeing the clips on tiktok and it's making me want to rewatch it as well have you seen that they now have like a podcast yeah yeah <laughs> i've seen clips of it it looks quite good actually i might have to give it a listen it does look really good. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's super nostalgic, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys watch, like, Nickelodeon, or you have Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. Yes. Any shows from that, I think, TV program, I just, like, that's, that's it. That's not nostalgia for me. I feel like you were either a Nickelodeon kid or a Disney Channel kid, mm. and sort of, like, you didn't betray one for the other. You just stuck <laughs> with your favourite. <laughs> 
So you were so were you a Disney kid then? I was a Disney kid through and through. And if my friends listen to this, they're gonna laugh because it's a bit it's a bit too obvious about me. They could have answered that in their sleep. <laughs> No way, I'm, I'm a Disney kid too. <laughs> I watch all the high school musicals. Oh, rocks. <laughs> I don't think I can watch it back because it's too cringy, but yeah. It's quite fun to watch back and laugh. I have to say, I probably have watched Camp Rock far too recently for a 22-year-old. <laughs> oh, it's love for good, like, rock. Demi Lovato, right? Camp mm-hmm. Rock. Yeah, this is a Nickelodeon kid trying to relate to this kid. Yeah, you did your best. You did your best, Tim. <laughs> this conversation. You'll always have iCarly. Okay, that was good. Oh. That was great. It's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're we're on to the very last question, um, which is: Oh, if there's any skill that you can automatically gain right now what would it be and why and make it as you know creative as possible if you'd like to it doesn't have to be again scientific could be <laughs> you want to fly we'll take that i think we'll be happy with that as well <laughs> yeah i mean i was actually stuck between two flying was one of them mm. and speaking to animals i've always i used to really want to be a vet until i realized that i'm very scared of needles and blood and all of that um so I love animals and I think speaking to animals would be great fun. You know? That's a very cool one actually. I wasn't expecting that. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, that's very like it shows a lot of empathy, you know, wanting to speak <laughs> to all the animals and understand them because you know, God knows if we understand dogs these days, we're just like, <laughs> they're so cute. You watch them like, oh, they're having fun. They might be thinking. <laughs> How are you doing filming me? <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, my sister's got a dog. And if I could tell him to just shut up and sit down, it would be great. <laughs> that would be the first thing you do if you could. Like, <laughs> yes, understand. 100%. Oh, <laughs> oh well, that's, that's lovely to know. Um, <laughs> I wish you and I enjoy that very much. Uh, and, um, yeah. It was so amazing to hear your perspective, being a master student. Um, yeah, it's nice to hear people at different points in their journey with stem cells. Super, super, super interesting. Yes. Yeah, we would just like to thank you for coming on today's episode with us. And we really enjoyed talking to you today. And um, yeah, good luck with the rest of the dissertation and the masters. Hopefully everything goes well. and. thank you so much it's actually a really enjoyable experience and yeah it was really interesting things to talk about so thank you for having me oh no worries well really happy to have you here and um yeah goodbye and then we'll speak to you soon bye Make sure to join us in our next episode and check out our blog post at seriouslystemcells.wordpress.com forward slash as we continue our exploration of stem cells. But for now, from me, Pim. And from me, Ayo. Have a lovely day and don't forget to take stem cells very seriously.